What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Forever News! The only news source that provides anything and everything anime and manga related, and we don't bore you. We get into it. Let's do it. Still moving on, baby, I'ma never regret. Still moving on, still moving on. This is for my day ones. This is for my day ones. Come on. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I'm sure a lot of y'all have missed me in case you didn't realize, though. I was gone for a little over a month, I would say. I took a hiatus. But with Jump Festa recently running by and leaving a million announcements, I figured eh, it'd be a good time to come back and talk some anime and manga related news. So we have a boatload of stories. Get your popcorn strap in because, yeah, I'm about to give you guys the news. Before we get into all of the Jump Festa related news, one of the big things that came out while I was away is the Oricon yearly sales ranking for 2023, essentially the top 10 best-selling manga of the year from November of 2022 through November of 2023. And the results may shock some people. In particular, I want to say that this is pretty historic from the entire time that I have done this essentially covering the highest selling manga of the year list I don't think I've ever seen number one be something other than a shueisha related title uh, but let's start off at number 10 we got kingdom with 3.2 million kingdom has been for years and years and years and years and years uh with a dedicated solid fan base that even regardless anime no anime it sells and it's still in top 10 so salute to kingdom then at number nine kind of shocking because i didn't expect to see this after the manga had ended uh but i guess the anime is still bringing in back catalog sales because tokyo revengers is at number nine barely beating out kingdom with 3.218 million copies so it literally beat out kingdom that has 3.207 by what like 10,000 11,000 copies that's pretty freaking close especially for juggernauts in the top 10 then coming in at number eight yeah that was 10 9 8 is my hero academia with 3.5 million sales my hero academia i pretty much believe it's been ever since like a couple years into it it's been in the top 10 selling manga for years and years and years it may not be number one or it may not even be top five because it's number eight but still being in the top 10 that just shows that my hero academia's fandom for better or worse despite the fact that yeah some people aren't really fond of the manga as of the last year or two they're still supporting it they're still buying it it's still selling uh then at number seven we got spy family with 4,326,000 copies. So definitely a large jump. About 800,000 more than My Hero Academia. And Spy Family. I'm not surprised. Honestly, I thought it would probably have been a bit higher. I thought it would have been top 5. Maybe even top 3. Because Spy Family is one hell of a juggernaut. It appeals to many different demographics. Anybody could watch it. And it's pretty dope. Uh, but then coming in at number 6. Another shocker. And it just is a testament to... Just because something may not be for you or just because you may not be excited about something does not mean the rest of the world ain't. Because at number six, a manga that ended what feels like a billion years ago, Slam Dunk, selling 4.9, almost 5 
million copies when this manga has been over for many many of years and you can 110 percent attribute that success straight up to that movie that movie that came out um despite the fact that a lot of people were very apprehensive saying oh 3d cg really oh, i don't know and despite the fact that again the slam dunk original serialization ended many moons ago that movie was enough to sell five million copies of the manga which is bananas to think of shout outs to takahiko inoue the author of slam dunk as well as vagabond anytime you want to finish vagabond we would all like that uh yeah selling five million and pretty much he i don't want to say he did nothing because i'm sure he contributed something to the movie um and of course the source material itself uh but yeah five million to essentially uh say yo check out this movie they got it's crazy now we got top five top five uh coming in at number five the little chainsaw that could chainsaw man with five million three hundred forty eight thousand copies sold um i think that's pretty dope and right where chainsaw man should be because chainsaw man is a you know global juggernaut but the success of the anime definitely left a lot to be desired considering most people thought like yo chainsaw man might be the you know biggest selling manga of all time and i think a lot of the the anime at the very least the first season just didn't capture or didn't bring forth what a lot of people were expecting i mean i enjoyed it i loved it but it didn't have the splash that people thought it would uh but still top five and even with the manga you know the last year or so people haven't been the most fond of the manga it's still selling so maybe that's more of a western thing of people not really digging the manga but digging the anime and it might be vice versa maybe the japanese are loving the manga but they didn't really care for the anime who knows uh but then coming at number four is a manga very unorthodox i'm not surprised because we cover the top selling manga of the week every week over here minus you know the little hiatus we just took you know what i'm saying but uh coming in at number four Oshi no Ko with 5 million. Damn, it barely beat out Chainsaw Man. It beat out Chainsaw Man by what? Like 50, 60,000, something like that. Oshi no Ko with 5,413,000 copies. Again, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's a surprise of like, yo, this series? What the hell? But it's not a surprise if you've been paying attention and seeing that every week dozens of the volumes just been selling ever since that anime dropped oceanoko is another prime example of a big advertisement can really get the ball rolling slam dunk a big movie came out got the ball rolling and sold five million copies of a manga that's been over for like decades oceanoko an anime comes out it's number four on a very unorthodox type of series like mostly you know it'd be battle series or the occasional sports series that be in the top 10 that is about like what an actress or some shit like very different but congrats to that and it just opens up doors for other possibilities of different type of storytelling to you know break through uh, but then we got top three, top three, top three, top three. And despite the fact that it's not number one, realistically, you drop one or two more volumes of this thing, considering that it doesn't get similar releases as the other manga that are in the magazine because it gets quite a bit of hiatuses. Uh, one Piece, One Piece, realistically, if you drop probably another two, maybe even three volumes, which would probably be the same amount of volumes as other weekly series, it probably goes number one. But coming in at number three, despite all of that, with 7,197,000 copies. So close to 2 million more than Oshinoko and Chainsaw Man. That's still a big one. I mean, this has been, even if One Piece may not be number one, it was number one for years and years and years. It's kind of like once it kind of lost its footing, it has 
hasn't been able to be the number one selling manga per se but considering the year that one piece has had from breaking the live action curse with the one piece netflix live action being beloved the anime doing major things the big announcements that came from jump festa that we will be talking about later in this episode salute to one piece but then coming in at number two which i thought it would have been number one it was number one for two years in a row but this year it got surpassed uh jujutsu kaisen with eight 0.5 million sales which is crazy that one piece and jujutsu kaisen together that's like what 15 million alone and they're the two top selling manga of jump on top of the fact that yo Juj- let's put this into perspective one piece has you know decades of fandom collected jujutsu kaisen came out what it's anime dropped in 2020 you know what i'm saying the manga started like 2018 it's crazy that it's doing these numbers salute to jujutsu kaisen but then coming in at number one biggest shocker didn't expect it i mean i expected it to be in the top 10 i didn't expect for it to be number one because coming in at number one is a sports series you've heard of it i'm sure blue lock coming in with 10 million five hundred twenty seven thousand sales honestly again it, it's a shocker like one big thing that most people won't catch is the fact that it is a Kodansha title when I tell you that almost every single year if not every single year that I've done this we've never seen a number one come out of anything other than Shueisha last couple years it was Shueisha Jujutsu Kaisen years before that it was One Piece every single freaking year so to see a new day and age like and and trust me Kodansha's tried Attack on Titan tried and failed Seven Deadly Sins tried and failed those were two of the biggest contenders that almost came out number one but one piece whipped ass every single time until now where blue lock came in with 10.5 million sales very much so earned i love the blue lock anime um i'm I'm happy for this i think that this breathes new air for new ideas like people don't have to be stuck on you know i gotta make a battle series you can make a sports series and be successful you can make a series i don't even know exactly what oshinoko is about but you can make some crazy actress going to gynecologist I, i think that's literally the plot some shit like that like you can do all this craziness and still sell well if your story is intriguing enough to people and yeah blue lock number one 10.5 million copies sold salute to everybody on this list all the series all the authors and in general salute to another awesome year of manga honestly i love a good chunk of these i've read a good chunk of these watched a good chunk of these anime or these manga and their anime counterparts um and yeah that's the top selling manga of 2023 onwards to 2024 and all the other million stories we have in this episode moving forward over the break there was some big big news that came out in case you haven't been following the latest addition to the naruto gaming franchise was released naruto x boruto ultimate ninja storm connections and a lot of fans were either happy or disappointed depended i'm still like yo dog can i invite a friend on there because yeah i got the game i beat the game beat the boruto story mode beat history mode there's not much else to do other than go online and play with people that haven't put the controller down since storm one (laughs) yeah i mean so it's like i want to play with my friends you know just any any time but that's uh, aside from the point uh because storm connections got into a little bit of controversy a couple weeks back uh during my hiatus regarding ai and regarding them seemingly trying to pull the wool over the fans and the actors eyes because it says here bandai namco working to fix voiceover issues in naruto x boruto ultimate ninja storm connections essentially what happened is a clip was going viral of some very questionable voice acting from a scene from storm connections the 
voice actress of or the English voice actress of Naruto Uzumaki, uh, Miley Flanagan, spoke out and said that she would never deliver a line like that. She didn't even know where that was from. And she was just confused as to what the heck is going on here. Basically leading a lot of people to believe that, wow, so they must have not called Miley in for these scenes and utilized AI. In case you don't know, AI replication is a thing. Uh, There's, you know, programs and apps and all sorts of stuff that you can replicate other people's voices. And it seems that that was potentially what was done for these scenes. And Bandai Namco replied... Uh, they said they denied they used AI voices in Naruto X Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections, but promised to address some dialogue after both players and voice actors complained. In a statement to IGN, Bandai Namco spokesperson said the company regrets the voiceover performances featured in the latest Naruto fighting game and is now working on a fix that will arrive in the near future. Regarding the reports about several voiceover lines in Naruto X Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections, Bandai Namco Entertainment can confirm that the lines in question were not AI generated but the results of inconsistencies during the editing and mastering process, the spokesperson said. (laughs) We regret that this raised a concern with Naruto fans and the voice acting community. We are currently working to fix the voice lines in question, which will be patched in the near future. And yeah, when it first broke, somebody was pushing it around, and basically they said, this was a union game, generative AI is supposed to be forbidden, and I'm gonna be honest with you, shoutouts to whoever had the task of putting that together i'm going to assume what happened was it was the last minutes of cleaning certain things up there was certain pieces of voiceover that was still missing maybe either budget wise they didn't have it they couldn't get it approved to bring in some of the voice actors to come in and do some last minute lines and whoever was in charge had the bright idea why don't i just do it with ai and it led to this and of course Bandai Namco because you know it's union and that's forbidden they're not gonna fess up and be like yeah no we broke the law you know or we broke our our deal our agreement it's probably that Bandai trying to you know sweep it under the rug again this is all assumptions this is not what actually transpired this is my interpretation of what might have transpired uh during the situation but yeah it still looks a little and considering the fact that storm connections already has had one hell of a disappointing release in terms of just not feeling like what it should have been this definitely didn't help things either i mean salute to the game i had fun for the time i did play it but storm connections should have been so much better and i'm hoping that the reason why it feels and landed the way it did is because they're actually working on a true to blue like storm 5 type of game um, because what they did add to the game, and I, I need to do a whole separate video. Why am I giving you guys a Storm Connections re- review in the middle of all this? Shout-outs to Storm Connections. Shout-outs to Miley Flanagan and all the voice actors. Uh, Bandai, do better. <laughs> Bandai, please do better. And yeah, we'll have some Storm Connections video on my other channel and sometime in the future. If you guys want it. In other Naruto-related news, apparently Naruto is the most searched anime on Google over the past 25 years of his existence, Pikachu is the most searched Pokemon, and Minecraft is the most searched video game. This information was revealed in a game by Google to celebrate its 25th anniversary. And that's kind of crazy, Naruto being the most searched anime on Google. You would have thought it would be Dragon Ball or One Piece, but Naruto is that dude. They, they be playing with our, our guy's name because of Boruto and all that stuff, but let's not get it twisted. Naruto, when it's time, when the day comes that... They're done with this Boruto stuff, and they like, ah, yo, his son had a had a run. 
We all know y'all really want the big dog. We bring in back Naruto, new Naruto IP. Yeah, the world will once again know the greatness that is Naruto Uzumaki. But for now, we still taking the dubs because people still looking for our boy, you dig? Also, shoutouts to Pikachu, which that's not a shocker about being the most searched Pokemon. Most people could have no idea about Pokemon at all. They don't even know Ash's name, but they... No Pikachu's name. And then Minecraft, that's kind of crazy. I thought Minecraft was kind of uh, gone with the wind and like Roblox and Fortnite took over. But Minecraft's still making waves. Why not? Uh, and then another report came out. Uh, I was apprehensive about whether or not I wanted to report this. But considering I've been gone for a while and there's just been so much, why not? Uh, because another update again, yet again, for like the umpteen time came out regarding the Naruto live action upcoming film by Lionsgate. Literally this movie has been announced or that they were working on a movie at the very least for like eight years now it was like eight years ago right after naruto concluded they came out with like yo by the way i think it was jump fest to 2015 i might be off on that but they came out like yo lionsgate got the rights to doing a naruto movie and everybody was like oh let's go oh no that wasn't the reaction a lot of people were like oh my god this is gonna be horrible <laughs> anyway but yeah it says here lionsgate is reportedly working on a naruto movie Secrecy is not everyone's jutsu. Lionsgate has reportedly been developing a Naruto movie, and one of the busiest screenwriters in the biz is working on it. In a variety roundup of notable screenwriters in 2023, writer Tasha Huo, whose credits include showrunning Netflix's animated series Tomb Raider, The Legend of Laura Croft. I like the Tomb Raider games. I don't know about their the Netflix animated series. And serving as executive producer on Amazon's Mighty Neen adaptation, was reported to have Lionsgate's Naruto adaptation next up on her docket. So that means that they're still in development, very early in development, if you ask me. Uh, Lionsgate has quietly been attempting to get a Naruto movie off the ground since at least 2015, when it was reported that the studio was in negotiations for film rights to the acclaimed manga with the greatest showman director, Michael Gracie, attached to direct. Given that eight years have passed, <laughs> you see, um, I'm not kidding you. There's no telling if Gracie's still involved or if the film will be live action, although that would make the most sense and would be well-timed given the popularity of Netflix's One Piece adaptation polygon reached out to lionsgate for comment there's no word on when to expect lionsgate's take on naruto but tasha hui's next film will likely be the also long in development comic adaptation red sonja so shorty still got other stuff that she's working on as well like it's not like naruto is right up like yeah i'm going straight to naruto next so high key i don't expect to see this naruto movie until lionsgate literally has no choice like yo dog they about to take the rights away we've been holding on for it too long and did nothing because i believe when you license something there's usually some type of stipulations that if you do nothing with this license for x amount of time the rights eventually revert back to the you know the people that licensed it out to begin with so which would probably be shueisha and shueisha's probably desperately like please just hurry up if you're not doing nothing give it back because with the live action craze that's been going on right now i can't even believe i'm saying that between one piece and yu yu Hakusho, uh yu yu Hakusho being another one that i gotta talk about on another my other channel we'll, we'll get to that at some given point um they probably want to get something done with this sooner than later because live actions are starting to become palatable and uh yeah Lionsgate is uh taking their sweet time so i'm guessing depending on what the contract said probably within the next couple years they're going to try and force this movie out so that way they don't completely lose out they probably spent millions to license this thing they've been sitting on it they probably want to try and make something happen sooner before 
you know, they lose the opportunity. So we'll see. But again, just figured I'd give you guys an update because this was buzzing on the old interwebs. Moving forward, huge, huge news for Chainsaw Man. It's a very, very divisive series at this point between some people having a yay and nay for it. But for me personally, I was very excited when I heard this coming out of Jump Festa, baby. Chainsaw Man, the movie Reze Arc was officially announced. They had a little trailer for a little promo trailer and they got this image and I'm not even gonna lie, as a massive fan of Chainsaw Man 1, Chainsaw Man 2 is dope too, but Chainsaw Man 1, y'all know, it was a whole different vibe, you know what I'm saying? Let's not get around here. As a massive fan of Chainsaw Man 1 and in particular this arc that, yo, Chainsaw Man 1, remember it was a new manga for everybody it was, yeah, at the time when we was all reading it and whatnot. And I'll never forget how emotionally invested I got with this that it had me so I was just like oh my heart was going crazy while reading this arc I can just say that I am absolutely through the moon excited to to watch this I can't freaking wait the film was announced at the Chainsaw Man Jump Festa 2024 stage last year Chainsaw Man anime burst onto screens across the globe and took the world by storm now he along with a brand new friend will head to the big screen on the Chainsaw Man Jump Festa 2024 special stage the series revealed that next up on the plate will be an anime film adapting the Reze arc of the original manga under the title Chainsaw Man the movie Reze arc a teaser trailer and visual for the film was released no release date or additional details were announced at the time of reporting and i'll be honest with you again from everything like you know that i know of this i'm, I'm beyond excited i know it's gonna be one hell of an emotional roller coaster but the fact that yo it's studio mappa and quality wise because you know it's a whole different ball game of what they've been doing which is not no bueno but quality wise if what they do with the tv anime is gorgeous i can only imagine what this movie is going to be like for me this is way bigger than and again i'm not saying sales wise is going to meet it or eclipse it or anything like that i'm just saying as far as my own excitement i'm way more excited for this than demon slayer movies you know world tour stuff i'm way more excited or even the moving train for that matter i wasn't as excited for that as i am for this um way more excited than i was for jujutsu kaisen zero the movie like it takes a lot for anything to possibly top how excited i am for this and how much yo i might watch this movie a couple of times in the movies i might watch it three or four times i don't know i'm excited for this okay reze for life yeah dig um so really really excited about that but then also a little piece came out here that apparently chainsaw man creator tatsuki fujimoto revealed that the motive of reze and denji is inspired by the anime movie jinro the Wolf Brigade. I think I've heard. I don't know if I've seen that one. I know I've heard of it, but I, I might have seen it uh, by Production IG and is recommending everyone to watch it. Jinro is an alternate history Japan set political action thriller where Nazi Germany won World War II, focusing on the difficult relationship of an armed military corp soldier and the sister of a suicide bomber terrorist. That makes sense. Okay, that makes a lot of sense actually. But yeah, uh, that's. Very interesting, like, you know, because Jinro, from what I remember, is kind of like already a classic for some people. Uh, to see that that was the basis of this, very interesting. And just in general, I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. And any Chainsaw Man fan that loved the manga, especially the Reze arc, we better be up in there. You know what I'm saying? We better show them, like, yo, they could play with it. They could say this and that. The Blu-ray sales was garbage, all that. Fine. 
When it comes to this movie, you better get in that theater and watch this joint if you love Chainsaw Man, if you rock with Chainsaw Man, and if you love Reze Swan, Reze Chuan. Moving forward, let's take it to the Dragon Ball Lane. For starters, we got, uh, in case you've been following the last few years now, I've been showcasing that every month, a uh, different artist has been redoing the art from one of the volumes of Dragon Ball to celebrate the upcoming anniversary. I think it's what the 40th anniversary of Dragon Ball. Uh, so they've been having like, you know, iconic artists. And this time around, Sui Ishida, the creator of Chojin X, or you may have heard of Tokyo Ghoul. Uh, he did his interpretation on one of the volumes of Dragon Ball. This is Dragon Ball Volume 8 by Sui Ishida. This is part of the Dragon Ball Super Gallery project to commemorate the 40th anniversary of the series. Every month, different mangaka will redesign one of the 42 covers of the series until November 2024. So next November uh, will be the end of this. And I'll be honest with you, he literally did whatever he wanted here because this is not the same cover as at all of Volume 8. Like, I think literally just the car that that is uh, the original cover is like on his head, on Goku's head. But Suishida did whatever he wanted and it looks fantastic. Most people uh, most artists couldn't touch Suishida's boots. They couldn't shine his boots. You know what I'm saying? Homie is a G when it comes to that art. And that looks fantastic. Uh, but then on the other side of Dragon Ball related stuff, apparently recently, uh, Masako Nozawa, the uh, voice actress of Son Goku, came out and spoke a little bit about her intentions for voice acting. Although... It's a little bit uh, wild, but 87-year-old Masako Nozawa aims to voice act for another 100 years. Famed voice actor Masako Nozawa announced when she would retire. Thankfully for fans of her, it's in 100 years. The prolific voice actor Masako Nozawa was awarded the prestigious Kikuchi Khan Prize on December 1st. Awarded by the Society for the Promotion of Japanese Literature, the annual award is given to those who have earned achievements in Japanese cinema, broadcasting, literature, and other fields of literary endeavors. In its 71-year history, this is the first time a voice actor has won the award. Well, salute to her. She deserves it. It's really no wonder why Nozawa is the first voice actor to do so as well. With a long career beginning in 1963, voicing minor character in Osamu Tezuka's anime Astro Boy, she has since gone on to voice characters from various anime series at a yearly pace. However, Nozawa is mostly well known for voicing Son Goku, Son Gohan, and Son Goten from the Dragon Ball franchise. Roles she has still roles she still actively portrays. For anime fans, though, her award acceptance speech sparked much interest. Nozawa's acceptance speech for the Kikuchi Khan Prize was rather short. During it, she spoke about her first grade teacher instilling the importance of proper enunciation in her. And while Nozawa joked about not always enunciating correctly, she would continue to do her best at it. It was her final remarks that was stunning to say the least. Nozawa announcing her retirement. Thankfully, fans of her around the world won't have to fret. She plans to continue voice acting until she is 182 years old. This isn't some random number either. As for Nozawa, it holds a special meaning. Unfortunately, she did not elaborate as to why 182 is important to her. Nozawa did emphasize, though, that voice acting until she is 182 is not a hope, but rather she would live to 182 and keep correctly enunciating the words as written in the scripts for anime fans. Nozawa's acceptance speech for the Kikuchi Khan Prize is available on YouTube. However, there are no English subtitles. While Masako Nozawa's career may be slowing down, she's still active enough to keep portraying the at least one role. In fact, she recently reprised her role of Sane Yukishiro from the first Pretty Cure television anime in the ongoing Power of Hope Pretty Cure Full Bloom anime and was just cast in the Foolish Angel Dances with the Devil anime. 
She even joked in 2019 that she could take over the role of One Piece's Luffy if anything ever happened to Mayumi Tanaka, who's currently 68 and younger than her. And I will say this. More than likely, this is all just, you know, tongue-in-cheek. Her just speaking like she loves voice acting. She wants to continue doing it. Obviously... People usually live until about, you know, max 100 or something like that. There's no 182-year-old walking. But I will say, I wonder if there's anything more to this. And what I mean by that, I'm curious if maybe some of these voice actors, and this is just, call it a conspiracy theory, call it just questioning what's going on there as far as with AI being a big thing. I wonder if Masako Nozawa is or would sign some sort of agreement with an ai company to replicate her vocals so when the day does come that she retires or can no longer do it or you know god forbid passes away and ai could continue to voice son goku so that way we don't lose the voice actor of goku in terms of looking at it from what a business would say personally i'm not sure how i feel about that i've actually dabbled in ai more so like in music related things for my own personal projects nothing with me taking established artist voices or anything like that um but i've seen what it sounds like and i will say based on everything it feels like with ai generated voices especially some of the ones that i've seen it feels like there's still something missing there that can never be replicated correctly from ai and that's the the soul in somebody's voice there's just certain element that i feel is missing from ai generated vocals so if that was a thing that she either is contemplating maybe she already signed a big deal for the next hundred years they could do whatever they want ai wise with her voice for son goku and she got a 20 million dollar check or something crazy well 20 million for 100 years is horrible it'd be like you need at least like 100 mil for 100 years of your voice well after you're gone give me 100 mil all right something like that maybe i don't even know that might be lowballing it too this is masako nozawa either way just an interesting thought to think about and aside from that we got a little bit more dragon ball related news shout outs to masako nozawa though salute to her winning that award uh bandai namco recently unveiled again this is a few weeks back uh i was a little bit on a hiatus or a few days back a dragon ball sparking zero game y'all remember it was earlier in the year that it came out everybody was going nuts like oh my god what the heck? We got a new Dragon Ball Tenkaichi game. This is Tenkaichi 4, right? 4? But yeah, the uh, thing about it is in Japan, it's called Sparking. It's always been called Sparking. And it looks like they're trying to make a cohesive decision on making one global name for the games from now on. So opposed to calling it Sparking in Japan and calling it Tenkaichi Budokai 4, they're just going with Sparking Zero across the board. It says here, Bandai Namco Entertainment unveiled the announcement trailer for Dragon Ball Sparking Zero, a new game in its Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi Arena Fighter franchise during the Game Awards on Thursday. The trailer revealed that the game will be released for PS5, Xbox Series X, S and PC via Steam, but did not reveal a release date. Also, I'm very excited to say, hey, and please, I'm not trying to be an asshole about it, but hey, finally, they're not doing it for PS4 and uh, the previous Xbox iterations, which means that the game can actually be a lot more powerful and can be a really dope game that can last for a long time. I mean, come on, bro. Yeah, I've been carrying the PS4. PS5 been out for like, what, three, going on four years now? How much longer, dog? You know what I'm saying? Like, can we just have some shit that is super powered up to really utilize what it's inside of the PS5, especially for a really dope anime game that, based off of the trailers, Sparking Zero looks really, really beautiful. I, I want it. So I'm very hyped about that announcement. The Dragon Ball Z uh, Budokai Tenkaichi 
3D fighting action game first launched in 2005 for the PS2. Second game, Budokai Tenkaichi 2, launched for the PS2 in Japan October 2006 in Europe. North America and Australia November 2006 the game's Wii version released in North America okay yeah they're just giving you the installment years Tenkaichi 3 was 2007 and the most recent game in this series was Tenkaichi Tag Team that launched August 2010 for the PSP uh, the game is the only one in the Budokai Tenkaichi series that released on a handheld console. And that game, I think I actually had that game and that was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, salute to that's going to be a massive game. As long as they don't do anything stupid like some of the mechanics of where you got to mash like Ultimate Tenkaichi. This is going to be awesome and hopefully a breath of fresh air for Dragon Ball fighting games. Just hopefully, I'll be honest with you, I don't know. Am I alone? Let me know am I alone on this. Is anybody else sick to death of playing through Frieza, Cell, and Boo? I mean, I feel like I've been sick of this since like 05. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? After the original Dragon Ball Budokai games for the PS2, Budokai 3. After that, I was like, yo, I'm good. I, I played through Frieza, Boo, and, and the Androids and all of that jazz cell. Like, I'm good. So I'm hoping we uh, dabble more into either adapting Dragon Ball Super Stories or original stories. But please, for the love of God, can we put... The idea of playing through the original Dragon Ball Z story to rest already. I get it that it's massively popular. And I get that a lot of people still really love it. But come on, bro. How much more can we play these? You know what I'm saying? I need new. I need some different stories, you dig? So just a, a minor gripe there. Uh, and also, I just wanted to give a little bit of props to Akira Toriyama and Toshio Furukawa. I believe that's one of his editors. Don't quote me on that one. But both of them won the 2024 Tokyo Anime Award Festival's Lifetime Achievement Award. Huge congrats to both of them. Again, Toriyama, legend and goat. Who would have ever thought, man? A, a manga by a little kid that's looking for some Dragon Balls and patting women down. <laughs> Goku was wild back in the days. Could make it all the way here, yo. You never thought the hip hop would take it this far. Uh. Moving forward, we got quite a bit of news regarding My Hero Academia. For starters... Netflix announced that they are actively working on their live-action My Hero Academia adaptation. It says here, we finally have an update on Netflix's live-action My Hero Academia adaptation. Monarch Legacy of Monsters producer Joby Harold is attached to the project. Live-action film adaptation of the hit anime series My Hero Academia has been in development at Netflix for a year now. But during an exclusive Collider interview, producer Joby Harold confirmed that the upcoming project may have already started production. Not much information was revealed, like a release date or plot points, but the project is for sure happening. It has been teased as a film in the past, but as of now, it is not entirely clear whether the live-action My Hero adaptation is a movie or a series. I'd prefer a series, I'm going to be honest. During the interview, which was to discuss Apple TV's Monarch Legacy of Monsters, Collider began the conversation by asking if the My Hero live-action project is actually happening. Yes, it is, Harold said. Absolutely. It is something I'm working on and loving working on. I'm excited to do it and get it out there. It's a big one. Harold was also asked if this was something he is actively working on, and he responded simply with, yeah. When asked if there was anything he could reveal about the project, like what version of the media franchise the project will be based on, he revealed that there wasn't much he could say. I can speak to the fact that it is live action, and I think that's probably all I can speak to, but it's a big deal in my life. I'm really enjoying it. It's amazing. It's an amazing opportunity, and I'm really excited about it. 
In addition to Netflix, Legendary Entertainment is also behind the Under Wraps adaptation. Kohei Rokoshi is credited as a writer on the project alongside Harold. Shinsuke Sato is credited as director. Various other credits for My Hero's upcoming live action are listed, including Don Burgess as cinematographer, Jay Ashenfelter as a producer, and Spencer Averick as the lead editor. And yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm starting to feel a little more optimistic about live actions. Like it could be horrible and garbage like many of the past, or it could be good. (laughs) It could be good. Considering how they did One Piece, it it, it brought hope. It brought hope. And some, you know, depending on how you feel about Yu Yu Hakusho, you may feel the way too. I don't know. Again, I got to talk about that at another time on another channel. Uh, But shout outs to that. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Uh, But then we also have My Hero Academia TV Anime Season 7 New Key Visual. Series is scheduled to start broadcasting Spring 2024. Sounds about right. Uh, And the visual looks dope. And it's definitely going to be an interesting season. I'm mainly excited for it, to be honest with you, to see one character in particular as the number one hero from the United States. That part right there, I know, is going to be fire. After that, I am really, really hoping that Studio Bones works their magic and makes a lot of the stuff that in the manga felt like hit or miss for me personally a little bit more fleshed out, I guess I would say. So I'm hoping Studio Bones really works their magic and makes something pop, Uh, but we'll see. Either way, I'm looking forward to some parts of this season and hoping that Studio Bones can make what in the manga wasn't all that and you know exciting per se for me into something a little bit more enjoyable but only time will tell uh universal studios japan's cool japan gets first collab with my hero academia with the recent announcement of the return of the demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba xr ride to universal studio japan the theme park had one more surprise announcement an event with the popular anime and manga series by kohei horikoshi my hero academia in an announcement on december 4th usj revealed that they will be collaborating with my hero for an event at the park the event is slated to run between Friday, March 1st to Wednesday, August 14th, 2024. Uh, there are a few details listed on the official site at the moment. However, USJ states, roughly translated, be captivated by the fierce battle between the heroes and villains that will appear before your eyes with the scale and quality unique to the park so looks like they're doing it up for my hero no surprise it's become one of the biggest battle series out right now and one of the biggest manga shonen jump uh then we also have that something that i'm most excited for probably out of all of this like aside from live action that they're working on aside from season seven that you know the number one hero from the united states is going to be wild this one right here my hero academia movie four is scheduled to premiere summer 2024 and if you remember correctly we had the visual of it was like a solo hero deku type of movie probably taking place somewhere what was that that was in season six right so it's probably taking place somewhere in season six if not somewhere before season seven and i am through the moon excited for this because i felt personally like solo deku deserved more time more time to shine because that was a fire fire arc so we shall see uh what this movie is looking like that's probably and it's crazy because like out of everything it's it's opposite all all these years i've always been like yo screw the movies let me just get the anime screw the movies take the movies i don't want them now i'm like yo that movie might be fire anime we'll see what happens i'm excited for stars and stripes and last but not least there was a new trailer uh, that came out for my hero academia season seven and in it it did showcase some of the stuff to come and i'm expecting as far as like production wise 
I'm not expecting, you know, 20 out of 10 or whatnot, but I'm expecting par for the course from Bones. I just hope that because they're doing this movie, like, it's, it's already bad enough that the source material is, you know, there's a division between fans on how excited they're going to be for the source material from this coming season. But then on top of that, you got a movie coming, Studio Bones. Put your best foot forward because this could all crash and burn if y'all don't get it right. Like, if the, you know, the TV anime of season seven is like, it flops and is not, you know, accepted by fans. And the movie flops and people aren't really enthusiastic about it and sales don't go. My Hero will crash and burn. Not to mention the live action will be discarded in a heartbeat. So, we'll see what happens. But a whole lot on the horizon for My Hero Akka. Demia, baby. Moving forward, we got major, major, major news in the world of One Piece. Now, uh, for majority of 2023, I feel like the main news of One Piece has been updates on the live action. You know, that live action was a big, big deal. And it looks like that live action... In unison with One Piece's continuing success, the manga selling over 7 million copies in the throughout the year 2023. The anime reaching new heights of popularity with the revelation of Gear 5th. There's just astronomical amounts of success in One Piece world. So much so that <laughs> Shueisha decided to pull the trigger on something that I can't even believe is being done, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm still very much so shocked that this is happening, considering the fact that when an anime is created... Unless it's having like, you know, the anime is done and it's been 10, 15 years and nobody cares no more. Then usually a new studio will come and pick it up. I've never heard of something where an anime is ongoing, but they're rebooting it at the very same time. And it gets even crazier. Let me just tell you what's going on. Wit Studio, studio behind the first three seasons of Attack on Titan, Ranking of Kings, them. They're producing the One Piece anime. It's a series remake and it's for Netflix. Jump Festa 2024 event on Sunday revealed that Wit Studios producing a remake of the One Piece anime for Netflix titled The One Piece. The below tweet states the anime series is adapting starting from East Blue Saga, hinting it might cover more than East Blue Saga, but this is not confirmed. The remake is commemorating the 25 years of the anime. The official YouTube channel for One Piece launched a new linear stream of the anime October 29th in celebration of the 25th anniversary titled Anytime One Piece. But... This right here, first of all, I'm, I'm shocked that they're not going with Toei. Like, I'm shocked that Toei isn't the ones doing this. But I got to imagine resource-wise, they can't. So it, it leads me to another shocker. I'm surprised Toei is allowing another studio to do this. Like, they must be getting the Ultra Bag or Shueisha must... I don't, I don't know what, what went down for Toei Animation, the people behind the One Piece anime for a thousand plus episodes, to be like, yo, yo, yo. That's dope and all. Y'all could take the, you know, and remake the the One Piece anime, which basically makes, you know, however many episodes they reboot and remake. If it's the whole thing, then it's the whole thing. But that makes our episodes, like, inadequate to a certain degree. You know what I'm saying? Because let's just say they remake everything of part one of One Piece before the time skip or whatnot. They do, they redo it all. Now, if the art and animation is top tier or whatnot... Now, nobody's going to want to watch the Toei first part, which, don't get me wrong, a lot of people already are feeling like, oh, you know, people that don't get into One Piece, they say it's because it's outdated, it's old, blah, blah, blah. Now, people are going to really be like, I'm never watching the Toei version. I'm watching the Wit Studio version. Maybe I'll watch the Toei version when it gets to certain points, but, I mean, I hope if they do this, you know, maybe they decide that they're going to just remake the entirety of One Piece in this pristine quality or whatnot. I'm hoping that they do a similar thing to there's this 
abridged, One Piece abridged, but it's not like a typical bridge, not like Dragon Ball bridge. I think it's called One Piece, and it's basically where they cut out all of the dragged out scenes, any little bits of in-canon filler. One Piece is not really notorious for filler, but any fillers and really give you a better paced version of One Piece. I'm hoping that with this, not only do we have updated aesthetics as far as the art and animation, but updated pacing. You know, there is times when One Piece where, and I remember because I used to be a weekly watcher of the anime. I watched it every single week, reviewed it and all that jazz. Sometimes I would be bored out of my mind. Like it, they would adapt less than an, a, a chapter per episode. I remember one time it was about eight pages that was adapted for an entire episode of One Piece. To put that into perspective, the average anime episode for it to feel properly paced, depending on it. Obviously, there's some different circumstances and whatnot. Usually about a chapter and a half to two chapters, maybe even sometimes three chapters are the appropriate amount of content to be adapted for a full on anime episode. One Piece doing eight pages uh, of one chapter? No bueno. So I'm hoping that this One Piece remake not only, again, makes it look purtier than it ever did, but also makes it move quicker than it ever did. Like, early One Piece didn't really suffer that badly from pacing issues. Down the road, especially from time skip on, pacing has been abysmal in many, many instances. So this is an opportunity to fix it, assuming they're going to go the distance, assuming this is not just going to be a, you know, East Blue. Let's get all of it if you're going to do it, or at the very least, a good chunk of it, even if it's just all a part one, or even if it's just, I don't, I don't know, this is a great opportunity. Again, new One Piece fans, it's a great opportunity to make One Piece the way it should be viewed, uh, considering it's a freaking amazing story. But yeah, One Piece, new anime, The One Piece, coming from Wit Studio, a remake, reboot, Let's see how this goes. I'm, I'm still shocked. Like, what the hell? Kind of makes me think that One Piece really is going to end sooner than we think. Like, who knows? Maybe, you know, Toei finishes their run with it. And with Studio keeps going and going. And as art and animation continue to increase in quality worldwide, like, it'll even surpass what Toei is doing right now down the road. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. And also, for fans of Atro Oda, creator of One Piece, they put out a new promotional poster for the upcoming uh, animation of Monsters. This was a one-shot that Atro Oda had created way back in the day. I think before One Piece came out. Uh, Monsters, January 2024, the whole world will share a letter with a new promotional image, and I'm very much so excited about this. I mean, Oda's a great writer, so even if he made this a million years ago, I'm sure it's going to be hype. Let's go One Piece. I still can't believe it. Moving forward, Black Clover fans, I ain't forget about you. We ain't forget about you. In fact, we probably, like, what, one week away from the Black Clover manga returning, but... For starters, Black Clover by Yuki Tabata will be publishing the new 28-page chapter, very light on pages. I thought it was getting 40 or better. I'm shocked. Uh, including color pages in the upcoming Jump Giga 2024 Winter Edition. Series will also include a special poster and stickers, and the issue will be released on Christmas, December 25th, 2023. That's crazy. What a, what a Christmas gift, right? Uh, but then at Jump Festa, because that was released, I think, from like a Shonen Jump magazine article, right? Then in Jump Festa, they were releasing these little promotional images of, I don't know if it was stickers or cards, that it said Black Clover. It had a picture of Asta on the cover, and it says Giga 2024 Winter, and then it has the date of Christmas right under it, and it says Reboot. The person that posted this said, I'm not going to jinx anything, but when Black Clover coming back is titled with the phrase beginning and reboot, I think you're an utter fool to say the series will end in three chapters. If they're calling it a reboot, 
I'm curious, like, how far of a reboot are we talking? Are we talking a reboot like what Toei is doing with One Piece with, or not Toei, with Studio? Like, are we going to be in store for a, a remake of Black Clover from the beginning? Like, how, how, how is this going to work? I'm, I mean, it could just be a phrase. The Japanese sometimes use phrase that it might mean something for us, but it kind of means something a little bit different. It could mean that they're just like, yo, it's a new beginning, so to speak, because we're going to a different magazine. But them using the word reboot, I mean, the anime, it could mean the anime is going to come back and it's going to be a tight, you know, seasonal release of 12 episode of pop where it's just really fast. And even though Black Clover's anime was pretty fast, but, you know, it has beautiful art and animation and it's a seasonal release, maybe like, yo, Black Clover being released seasonal back in the day would have been the best move. It worked out so well for my hero, like just 12 or 24 episodes and you wait a year or two. Black Clover would have been so good with that. So if they decide to do something like that. Or if Tabata decides to pull, I don't know, a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 7 and like do a whole, maybe everybody in the battle that where we left off at, everybody gets slaughtered and they reboot the living crap out of it. And it's like, his name is no longer Asta, it's it's Mustard. And you know what I'm saying? It's like a whole different Black Clover series, but with the characters, like the way JoJo's does in Part 7. So maybe it could be that. Who knows? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited with this reboot. It could mean nothing. It could just be a way, a fancy way of marketing. Or it could be something hype. Either way, Christmas time, Black Clover returns with 28 pages. And it's a quote-unquote reboot. Whatever that might mean. Going forward, they've been screaming this for what feels like forever now. But uh, it's official. There's a trailer and there's visuals that Don the Don from uh, the author that I think at once upon a time he was like an assistant to Tatsuki Fujimoto, creator of Chainsaw Man. Don the Don is getting a TV anime. We got a key visual right here for starters. The series will be adapted by science saru and is scheduled to premiere in 2024 and you know this promotional image looks dope the trailer that they released uh looks awesome i was a little skeptical when i very first saw that it was by a studio called science saru like who the hell is that you know you you thinking you're gonna hear bones you think you're gonna hear mappa you think you're gonna hear something in that ballpark but never heard of science saru but based off the trailer they don't look like they're a bad studio. I'm not sure if they're a new studio or what, but this shit look really, really good. And apparently it's scheduled for release October 2024. So next fall is about to be crazy. And I'm here for it. From what I read of Don the Don, I love it. It's wacky. It's crazy. It's different. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. it it's good, honestly. I'm, I'm happy to see that it's not MAPPA and it's not any of these other studios. It's something different. Science Saddle. Yes, please. First of all, let the MAPPA employees that have been slaved to death uh, breathe for a second. But also, it'll give healthier competition in the anime industry. So shout out to the studio science saddle for coming just hopefully they don't mess up don the don hopefully it's a good anime I'm, I'm here for it and in other news kimetsu no yaiba has had a multitude of announcements while i've been away for starters kimetsu no yaiba tv anime hashira training arc will be broadcast april 2024 series will be officially premiering its promotional reel uh 2020 okay it was already released uh kimetsu no yaiba world tour was announced as well we'll get into this one to the hashira training key visual the movie will feature the ending of swordsmith village arc and the beginning of hashira training arc and it will be premiering in japan february 2nd 2024 and it'll be screened in 140 countries during february 2024 this is literally going to be 
not the exact same thing, but the exact same scenario as the last World Tour, where they played episodes from Season 2 and then the first episode of Season 3. That's more than likely what they're going to do. They're going to play a couple of episodes from Swordsmith Village, maybe the last couple, and then, wham, here's the episode. I, I'm not going to the theater for this at all. Like, yo, I love Studio Affordable for the quality that they bring forth, but... You're not gonna milk me with this one, homie. I don't care if it's Demon Slayer in the movie theaters. Like, it's so enticing. Like, oh my god, but is Demon Slayer in theaters? No, it's milking. Like, the last one, I, I fell asleep in the theater because I was just like, what is this? This isn't a cinematic experience. This is a few episodes droppled together. Like, this is nonsense. If yeah, I want that Demon Slayer movie money, like what Mugen Chain brought in that badly, make a movie out of one of the arcs or some shit or make an original movie, something like don't do this. This is a waste of time. I'm not going to watch it at all. I'll be honest with you. This is terrible. Uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba, the first episode of the Hashira training arc will be a one-hour special premiering in spring 2024. More than likely, that's going to be what is aired in the world tour. It'll probably be last two episodes of Swordsmith and then this one-hour special. Series announced a new world tour to the Hashira training, blah, 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 uh, February 23rd. And yeah, I ain't gonna lie, it's just literally Studio Affordable milking it for all it's worth and stretching this shit out like, yo, the manga ended in 2020, we're going into 2024, and we still have at least, what, three or four more seasons of this shit? It's ridiculous, it's massively ridiculous, homie, come on, come on, come on, come on, I'm gonna watch that season, I don't know, I I, I highly, highly doubt I'm going to the theaters unless my kid's like, bag and i'm like oh maybe but mm, doubtful and a cool little piece that was uh brought out of uh jump festa there's a new trailer for part three of the bleach thousand year blood war tv anime the third part of the series will be broadcast in 2024 and the trailer looks as good as the trailers we've seen from uh, the first couple of seasons. I'm really pumped for this. I'm excited for, I mean, Bleach Thousand Year Blood War has been a treat. It was long awaited. Fans lost hope. Fans was surprised. Like, oh my god, it's actually happening. And so far, they've been delivering with the first couple of seasons. And yeah, uh, shout out to Jump Festa. Like, my god, the amount of announcements out of Jump Festa. And we're still not even done with this episode of Forever News yet. But yeah, Bleach Thousand Year Blood War, new trailer for the upcoming season. And again, it's coming in 2024. I'm going to say again, maybe summer summer or fall 2024 but we'll see and other news big big news i'm excited about this i want to keep my expectations at a minimum but apparently a hunter hunter full-scale fighting game has been developed by aiding and published by bushi road games and is currently in development more information will be released at the bushi road new year presentation 2024 on january 6th but yeah they're making a full-blown hunter hunter fighting game uh i say that i'll keep my expectations at a minimum because we know most of the fighting games that come out from anime fighters have just been disappointing you know what i'm saying from the upcoming jujutsu kaisen game that doesn't look good the one punch man game that we don't talk about nobody played there's just a lot of bad ones the tokyo ghoul game that i feel like nobody played and it looks horrible it's like i keep my expectations low minus dragon ball dragon ball they for whatever reason, they're like, well, not for whatever reason, because people love Dragon Ball games and they buy them. Um, they don't ever drop really the ball. With, let me not say they don't ever, because sometimes they do. But Dragon Ball usually be I. Most of the other ones don't. Look at Jump Force. So expectations at a minimum. If they go with like uh, people that did Dragon Ball Fighters or something like that, I would be very pleasantly surprised and very happy. But until we know for sure... Keep your expectations at a minimum because I don't even know if this is mobile or console. If it's a console fighter and it's a quality console fighter, this could go a long way. Make quality. I'm just saying, but we'll see. 
Uh, then in other news, this is pretty significant, although I don't know how much weight these words hold at this point with these authors that are constantly saying these things. But, uh, well, for starters, before we get to that, Jujutsu Kaisen Volume 25 uh, released the cover. The cover looks insanely dope. And the series has apparently reached 90 million copies in circulation with 25 volumes. Almost 100 million copies sold for Jujutsu Kaisen in its 25 volumes. I wouldn't be surprised if they go for the last 10 million and then the series ends. Like, they reached that 100 million mark. Crazy success. But... This sentence right here, which I feel like this author has said this multiple times at this point. Gega Akutami revealed that this is quote-unquote likely the last Jump Festa for the series as it may end in 2024. Literally, Gega Akutami said almost the exact same thing last Jump Festa. And prior to that said a couple of other times that yeah, it's ending, it's ending. I think Horikoshi said this multiple times with My Hero Academia as well. Until we get that notice of, yo, it's ending in five chapters or it's ending next week, I just am going to take it with a grain of salt because on top of that, there's still multiple pretty significant uh, plot devices that or uh, plot points that need to be resolved in Jujutsu Kaisen that maybe a year could get it done, maybe it can't. So we'll see. And either way, again, the author has said this before, so I'm not going to be like, yes, it's for sure. I thought by now it would have been over. So the fact that it didn't, there's probably a lot more to go, not to mention Jujutsu Kaisen sells so much. And I know that they don't only base, you know, moving a story along with how much it sells, but it outsells One Piece. In fact, it would have been number one if it wasn't for one other manga that beat it in the top selling manga of 2023. And it was number one for 2021 and 2022. That speaks volumes, no pun intended, on the success that this has. Gege might be talking out there, I don't know, I don't know, out the side of their neck, but we shall see. Either way, salute 90 million copies, almost 100 million. Unimaginable, crazy. Moving forward, we got a couple of pieces of Attack on Titan related news. For starters, Toonami airs Attack on Titan, the final chapters, part two anime, January 6th. Uh, adults from Tsunami Programming Block announced on Friday that it will air Attack on Titan final season, the final chapters part 2 anime with an English dub on January 6th at 12 a.m. EST. Crunchyroll also revealed on Friday that it will begin streaming the English, Spanish, Portuguese, and German dubs for the second part on January 7th. So a day after Toonami airs it, Crunchyroll will have the dub of that. Anime's finale premieres November 4th. Yeah, I did talk about that before I went on my hiatus over on my other channel. And yeah, uh, pretty dope. It's good that for, especially for dub-only fans, they're getting in not too far off the finale. Although, it's crazy. Yo. We're in a world now that Attack on Titans anime and manga have both finished airing. This is like the last thing to look forward to for Attack on Titan. Like the English dub version until they announce, if they announce something else to come. But I don't think, you know... Story's over. It'll have to be a spinoff. But yeah, there's that. Then also, Attack on Titan apparently had a VR game that has now been delayed to the latter half of 2024. Game Developers Universe Inc. announced on Tuesday that it has delayed its Attack on Titan VR Unbreakable Virtual Reality game to the latter half of 2024 in order to improve the game's quality. The game was initially announced with a summer 2023 release date and then delayed to winter 2023. The game will launch on the MetaQuest 3, MetaQuest 2, and MetaQuest Pro VR headsets. Universe describes the game as a hunting action game. Players take on the role of a soldier from the survey corps and hunt down titans by using franchise's iconic omnidirectional mobility gear to freely move around in the environment the game will support up to two players and will have english and japanese language support for both text and voice acting it sounds like it could be fun i ain't gonna cap it sounds like i'm not a fan of vr 
Like, I'm not a big VR guy, but maybe maybe it might be fun. Who knows? Moving forward, uh, I felt that this was pretty significant. It's more of a gaming-related piece of news, but I'm definitely uh, interested in talking about it because apparently ESA has permanently canceled the E3 event. If you don't know about E3, it's literally Jump Festa, but for video games, and it's been that for many, many years. It was a staple in the industry up until last couple of years where it kind of started to fade away and now they put pulling the plug on it which it's crazy the entertainment software association announced on tuesday that it is canceling the e3 video game event permanently in a message on twitter the esa stated after more than two decades of e3 each one bigger than the last the time has come to say goodbye thanks for the memories good game well played in September, GameIndustry.biz reported that PAX organizer Reed Pop and the ESA had parted ways by a mutual decision and thus Reed Pop would not work on future E3 events. At the time, the ESA was still planning an E3 event for 2024, but it was not planning to return to Los Angeles Convention Center next year. The ESA had previously announced that it would partner with Reed Pop to bring the to bring back the in-person E3 event this year on June 13th through the 16th, but Reed Pop later announced a cancellation for both the physical and digital versions of E3 2023. And you know, to see this, it is something to pay attention to. Like, I think the difference maybe with Jump Festa and something like this, and I hope I'm not wrong, but I think Jump Festa could last a lot longer than this. As long as Shonen Jump is a big deal, you can always do Jump Festa. E3 was an outside party that was like, yo, Nintendo, yo, Microsoft, yo, Sony, can y'all bring all of y'all big announcements and we're going to put y'all on stage and everybody's going to hear y'all? With the development of the internet over the last couple of decades, you don't need them anymore. Sony literally can fire up their YouTube channel, put on a live stream and say, hey, we got these games coming. Likewise with Nintendo, which Nintendo has already been doing their own thing for a bit now. Likewise with, you know, all of the developers, they don't need E3 anymore to get word out. All they got to do is make an, a press announcement and either feed it to sites or do their own show, which again, a lot of them have been doing. It's sad to see because E3 was a big deal. I used to back in the days kind of talk with a bunch of buddies and we even would record our thoughts after the fact on what happened in E3. So it sucks to see it go. Um, but it, for me personally, as an anime fan, it kind of feels like a passing of the torch as Jump Festa is becoming, you know, a big deal. And it's again, like the anime E3 and seeing E3 go away. It's, I don't know. It's, it's interesting seeing like, well, this is the new E3, but it's for anime fans this time around. Either way, salute to E3 for all the memories for better or worse. It was, it was pretty big and significant in the world of gaming. Moving forward, we got some Kaiju number 8 related news. For starters, Kaiju number 8 has reached 12 million copies in circulation with 11 volumes. That's averaging over a million copies of volume. Fantastic. Then we also got a new key visual for the upcoming anime that's scheduled to premiere in April 2024. Feels like this anime has been on the way forever. I mean, the manga came out in 2020 and we're going into 2024 and we're just now about to get the anime. Um, but either way, it looks cool. I'm, I'm really excited. I know some people had some murmurings about some of the character designs. It looks fine to me. Um, we also got a new trailer for it as well. Salute to that. And apparently they announced that a new Kaiju Number no. 8 manga spinoff titled Kaiju Number no. 8 Side B has uh, is on the way. The new series will start serialization at Jump Plus app January 5th, 2024. I'm not sure which character. I want to say that's the... Oh, God, that's the kind of off... Uh, he's like a lieutenant. I can't remember the ranks anymore. But he's like one of the lieutenants that 
At first, I think he was on to the main character and knowing that there was something off about him. But it looks like maybe he's going to be the one that the spinoff is about. Either way, that's pretty dope for Kaiju number 8. And I'm curious what it's going to entail. But yeah, uh, 2024, I think it might be the year for Kaiju number 8. New spinoff, uh, 12 million sales, the anime on the way. Let's go Kaiju. Then another trailer was released for the upcoming season of Martial Magic and Muscles. Series is broadcasting its second part beginning January 6, 2024. And Martial Magic and Muscles is a shame. It's a big shame because I thought it was going to be a lot larger and a lot more beloved than ultimately it became. It looked like, is it Production IG? I feel like it's, if it's not Production IG, I forget what studio, but whichever studio, no, I'm lying. I think it's A1 Pictures. I'm pretty sure it's A1 Pictures. It doesn't seem like A1 Pictures gave it the love that it deserves. Also, it just seems like it it bombed it seems like it, there was so much hype and i remember during the pandemic it was doing like 90k almost 100k first week sales and for it to go from that to nobody really caring for season one and i'm still shocked that they're even doing season two it's a real bummer because Marshall was pretty good i read almost 80 chapters of it and i had a good time reading it but then we also got an announcement that it's not the biggest announcement in the world but 100 it leads me to even further believe that we're going to be having a katekyo hitman reborn revival sometime i don't know when i'm imagining within from now to two to three more years at most but they're doing an akira amano exhibition or they did one no no, they're doing one and it'll be held may 2024 to commemorate the 20th anniversary of katekyo hitman reborn okay boom i'm gonna call it that the hitman reborn revival is going to be announced in may I'm going to just throw that out there. Like if there's, you know, there was an announcement a while back that they're, they put together a Hitman Reborn committee and we're seeing that they're doing all of these revivals, reboot. I mean, they did a freaking Sandland movie. That was a, a Toriyama manga that he probably wrote on the shitter like 20 years ago. So if they doing stuff like that, Kotekyo Hitman Reborn has all the potential in the world to be even now a big shonen hit with the way, you know, anime has skyrocketed or whatnot so that would be a perfect opportunity you're doing a kiro mono exhibition may 2024 announce the the reborn return let's do it I'm, I'm super here for it i know she has another series right now that she's working on ron komonohashi but i mean i don't really have no bearing on the anime returning if anything it's just gonna light her pockets up when those hitman reborn volumes start freaking flying off the shelves so we'll see but i think again this is this is good news that they haven't forgot about reborn they haven't forgot about it Moving forward, Pokemon. Pokemon Horizons anime will debut in the U.S. on Netflix in February. If I'm not mistaken, this is going to be the English dub of the new Pokemon that no longer has Ash and Pikachu as the main characters. Pokemon Company announced on Wednesday that Pokemon Horizons, the series, will premiere in the U.S. exclusively on Netflix February 23rd, 2024. The official Pokemon YouTube channel shared a video previewing the dub as part of the announcement. The series will debut in Canada on Cartoon Network and Teletoon. On March 2nd, my birthday, shoutouts to that. And in Australia, 9 Go on February 27th. The dub cast includes Crispin Freeman as Freed, Ikue Otani as Captain Pikachu. This is not the same Pikachu. The main anime started its second arc, Terapagos no Kagayaki, The Brilliance of 
Terrapagos with its 29th episode October 27th in Japan. The series revealed it will air a three-part short anime about the Pokemon Terrapagos from December 1st to December 15th after so this already happened after the main Pokemon Horizons episode ending credits every week. The anime follows completely new dual protagonists who are named Liko and Roy. The anime features Sprigatito, Fue Coco, and Quaxley from the Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet video games and also features the legendary Pokemon Rayquaza in its shiny form. The game also features the new characters Reed and Captain Pikachu who are a Pokemon professor and Pokemon partner duo who battle alongside Liko and Roy. I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to keep it so real. I know there's so many people. Oh, like I get it bro. You're heartbroken about Ash. That's cool and all. I'm going to peep. If it's good, it's good. If it's whack, it's whack. If it's lame, it's lame. Whatever the case may be, but I'm going to give it a watch. I'm going to check this out. Why not? Moving forward, very interesting news. Okay, so y- y'all heard of Nakaba Suzuki. If you haven't, he's the author and creator of The Seven Deadly Sins and the new Four Nights of the Apocalypse manga that's a spinoff of The Seven Deadly Sins. He also had a series called Congo Bancho back in the days. But apparently, uh, they're reviving one of Homie's old works because it says here, Rising Impact Anime, New Key Vision, published by Nakamo Suzuki between 1998 and 2002 and Weekly Shonen Jump. Wait a minute, what? This was a jump month? I thought that this was something from Weekly Shonen Magazine. That's crazy. Yo, they, they bugging. It will be receiving an anime adaptation by Netflix. Series premieres June 2024. That must be probably Nakamo Suzuki. Probably he's in good. I mean, you know Netflix made a lot of money, got a lot of people to sign up because of Seven Deadly Sins anime being exclusive there. So much so, they did those two filler movies in between the Four Nights of the Apocalypse anime and whatnot. Probably Suzuki is very tight with Netflix or has a good relationship. And he was probably like, yo, if y'all want to adapt anything else, I got this little story I did with like Shonen Jump. I mean, I'm not fly with them like I used to be, but you know what I'm saying? You could hit them up. Maybe we could get some cooking. I got like this golf thing because it looks like a golf manga. And that's probably how it went. I could be totally off on that, but I'm so shocked that they're getting a Nakamba Suzuki who is infamous for being in Kodansha Weekly Shonen Magazine, the competitor to Shueisha and Shonen Jump. But one of his works that he did back in the days with Shonen Jump is getting an anime adaptation. Very, very fascinating. The, the, the borders that was over what can and cannot happen in anime and manga with the industry and whatnot has really been changed. Like... They're not really like they used to be where it's like, no, if it's from Kodansha, we don't want it. Oh, no, you can't. Like, they're allowing shit to fly. This is crazy. Shout out to Nagamasuzuki. Get your bag, fam, please. A bunch of extra stories. We're going to rapid run through them. Uh, for starters, this was uh, an announcement from Clark Nova, a.k.a. Jason DeMarco over on Twitter. Regarding Toonami, he's one of the people that has been spearheading it from the jump. He's a major player in the game. Tonight's broadcast officially means the Adult Swim version of Toonami aired longer than the Cartoon Network version. So we've had Toonami on Adult Swim longer than it's been on Cartoon Network. Although I am never, ever, ever going to shit on the Cartoon Network version. That's the one that I grew up on. That's the one that my childhood always looks back to. That's 11 years on air twice. 22 years. We never imagined we'd still be running this block in 2023, way back when we started in 1997. Yo, hold on. Salute to Toonami. 
None of this happens. If we don't get Toonami to bring Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon and eventually Naruto and all of these other anime to prominence, none of what is happening right now goes down. So I got to stress that. Salute to Toonami. Salute to Jason DeMarco. I, I, you know, honestly, he really is a major, major catalyst to anime becoming what it becomes. If Jason DeMarco doesn't run this ship and, and make it last all this time, None of this probably happens. And, you know, he's one of the unsung heroes of he deserves mad respect and mad props. Like, this dude really made this what it is. Like, you know, I'd I be tooting my own horn once in a while of how much I contributed to making anime become a lot more beloved and successful and all that jazz. This man, he is astronomically responsible. So, salute to Jason DeMarco. Moving forward, apparently, Rent the Girlfriend final chapter has been decided according to author Reiji Miyajima. Personally, I've never really gotten into Rent a Girlfriend, but I know that it has a massive following. And hey, when a final chapter is announced, I know a lot of people are going to be reeling from, no, I need more. So uh, yeah, now you know. Better get into it uh, if you uh, you know don't want to be spoiled because people will spoil the ending. Uh, then we also have Kimi no Tadoke Anime Season 3 will be revealing new info January 13, 2024. The new anime will stream on Netflix in 2024 and is based on the popular shoujo romance manga by Sheena Karuho. I know a lot of people over here, they love them, some battle series whatnot, but there's some dope romance anime out there and this is one of them. Salute to Kimi no Tadoke. I'm, I'm still shocked that they're doing a Season 3. Like, yo, we're in uncharted territories for anime and manga like anything is possible at this point dog like anything that you've ever thought would never happen like right now 100% I know it's a little off topic but I'm just saying the possibilities are endless that 100% it can happen that a Tokyo Ghoul reboot that a lot of people are thinking like no it probably takes another 5 or 10 years I gotta get older like no it could happen right now because Tokyo Ghoul is so popular and beloved, a remake of it would, would easily fly off shelves. Anything is possible. So that anime that you thought is never going to happen, that manga that you thought would never be adapted, that light novel that you're like, nah, they're never going to make an anime out of it. It can happen, bro. Anything is possible. The anime and manga industry right now is in uncharted waters. But then we also have an announcement that I was very happy of because I am a fan of Tamura Ryuhei, a.k.a. the creator of Beelzebub. Uh, his new sci-fi drama, Cosmos, Volume 1, is getting a reprint. The series is recommended by Bleach creator Taite Kubo. Hold on. Kubo! Kubo! He knows what's good. Uh, it's about a high school student teaming up with a strange alien girl working as an intergalactic insurance investigator. And yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I just like to see him win. Like after Beelzebub, he hasn't really caught a big W that I feel he deserves because Beelzebub was awesome. So it's getting a reprint and Kubo said, go check it out. So if you like Bleach and you respect Taite Kubo, go check out the sci-fi drama Cosmos. I love sci-fi. Then outside of anime mod related news, but I have reported on this in the past and I'm interested. I love Spider-Man. Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man will be released in 2024 on Disney+. Plus. It was previously titled Spider-Man freshman year so if you're into spider-man and you're ready for an animated series look forward to that uh we got a new trailer for the upcoming blue exes shimani illuminati arc tv anime and that will be coming january 6th i really really want to watch the second season so i could jump into this one hopefully i get it done we got a new key visual for the mission yozakura family tv anime that will be broadcast in 2024 as well that's another one that 
I put off the manga for a very long time, so I definitely want to give the anime a try. I put the story in for the heck of it. It reminds me of Samurai Pizza Cats. <laughs> There's a Red Cat Ramen TV anime uh, that is incoming. There's a preview for it, and it's scheduled to start broadcast July 2024. Look forward to that, I guess. And I don't know. I got another image right here for the Blue Exodus Shimani Illuminati arc, and it's with... What is, is her name Shura? Shorty with the red and, and blonde hair. Oh my god, that was one of the best character designs ever, man. Then we also got a new trailer for the upcoming Undead Unluck TV anime Second Core. There's a little preview for it. It looks really fire. I gotta get back on it because I was loving Undead Unluck every week. I'm, I don't know, maybe six, seven episodes into the first season. Somewhere around there. It's so good. Uh, and then there's an announcement for the upcoming Roni Kenshin anime or the continuation of it. Roni Kenshin TV anime has announced a new season titled Kyoto Disturbance. I'm assuming that's Makoto Shisho. And if it is, let's go. Uh, series is scheduled to start broadcast 2024. I am so here for it. Shout outs to uh, Makoto Shisho. And if they, 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 they got a tall order at the same time. I'm going to be honest with you because that is one of the greatest arcs in shonen anime history. The Makoto Shisho. The, is it called the Kyoto arc? I want to say it's the Kyoto arc. We'll see if they get it done. Then we also got Jiroku Raku, aka Hell's Paradise TV anime season 2. New key visual. More info to come. And the key visual looks kind of cool. There's nothing crazy that we haven't seen. But I'm excited for that as well. I got to finish season 1. There's so much. My backlog of anime will make you gag, okay? Like I got so much anime that I got to get back in on. <laughs> it's crazy. But uh, for this episode... I'm not going to talk about the last author comments or whatnot from last week. I'll get back to it next week. I just feel like I've been so out of place. Let's just jump straight into and wrap this episode up with the top 50 best-selling manga of the week. I missed doing this segment. I ain't gonna lie. Out of all the Forever News segments, for whatever reason, I was missing this one. I was kind of like, yo, I kind of missed talking about it. So let's do it. We got places 50 through 41. And let's see. Off rip anything. Ooh, what the hell is going on here? Why is this happening? Chainsaw Man Volume 16. I want to say that's the newest volume. Did 12,000 on its release? This got to be an era or this got to be like in one day. Maybe it, that's like the f one or two days sale. There's no way that a new Chainsaw Man volume is only doing 12,000. That must be like it wasn't even the official street date yet and people were selling copies. Or there's no way possible. I'm flabbergasted. Like, yo, unless Chainsaw Man fell off that badly... That is only doing 12th. That what? Can't believe it. Okay, let's keep going. We got So So No Fear in Volume 7 in 627 days. 553,000 copies sold. Let's go. Then we got places 40 through 31. We got a whole bunch of So So No Fear in Volume 9, Volume 7. Doing 12, a little over 12K a piece. Uh, volume 10, 12.6. Volume, God damn. So, oh my God. Yeah, the So So No Fear and Hype Train is real. Volume 3, 8, 6, 2, 4, 5. All of them doing roughly 12 to almost 13,000 a piece. Then we got places 30 through 21. Let's see here. Yes. Uh, well, what is this? Okay, there's another series that it looks like it's getting a little bit of a blow up. Kusuriya no Hitori Goto. Volume 6, 5, 4. Okay, all right, all right. I've been off the scene a little bit, not knowing what's popping, but clearly there's a couple of series that are blowing up. More so, so no free error in volume one and volume 11, doing 13.8 and 14k a piece. Spy Family, volume 12, in 61 days, the latest volume with a 14k edition this week has done 1.75 or 1.075 million copies. Spy Family still bringing in the bacon. Let's go. Then we got places 20 through 11. 
yeah, whatever this series is, it's it's having a little bit of a backlog blow up. Kits or Kusuriya no Hitori Goto. I know a bunch of people are probably going to scream, it's this series. How haven't you heard of it? I don't know. I'm out the loop, I guess, right now. Another one of those in 83 days. A box set of volumes 1 through 3 did 16.5K. That author is eating. In case you don't know, manga authors eat mostly from manga sales. That is their bread and butter. Jujutsu Kaisen volume 24 in 61 days has done 1.2 million with 19.6 this week. My Hero Academia. Okay, I've been on uh, hiatus for a minute. I didn't see how this one played out. 46 days. Uh, volume 39 has done 544,000 copies, over half a million. Not quite the levels of what My Hero has done, but th- that's still pretty huge. Considering people say My Hero fell off, where? How? And we got top 10, top 10, top 10, top 10. We got The Summer Hikaru Died, Volume 4, with 20.9K. What is this? Why? That, that usually sells like, and it looks like that was a new volume too. Something's not right. Something's something a little off here. It's weird. But all right, a blue period, volume 15 in 10 days, 74K. Not bad, not bad, not bad. That was coffee and vanilla. In 10 days, coffee and vanilla, volume 23, did 50K with 23 this week. What, what is that, coffee and vanilla? Record of Ragnarok, volume 20, new volume in 14 days, 129K. Seems a little low for a record of Ragnarok. Record of Ragnarok, I've seen it do those numbers in a, in a short week. Interesting. One Piece, volume 107. Okay, this is a new volume. 32 days it has done 1.39 with 36k this week feels a little wow a lot of these things feel a little low that feels a little low for one piece interesting oshinoko volume 13 at number two within 17 days 306k not bad at all and big 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 shine for kingdom kingdom volume 70 in 17 days 479k salute to kingdom it feels great to be back thank you so much for everybody that have been waiting on my return but the news is here baby the news is here salute to all the support and um best wishes and looking forward to well we'll still have another episode or two before the new year goes so let me not get too dramatic but uh yeah happy holidays so far and thank you so much for putting up with my hiatuses but we here baby that's all i have for this one i'm tim and as always people have an awesome day and remember the golden rule anime and manga for life have an awesome day peace in and you guys just watched another episode of have an awesome day subscribe and hit that bell to get more yeah yeah action Maybe you can see when I'm moving Never can I lie to the beauty Never can I have what I'm doing Maybe our love is a movie Maybe our love is a movie Maybe our love is a movie Never can I have what I'm doing Maybe our love is a movie